0: Welcome to Barons Live, our daily webcast and podcast series. I'm James Rogers, financial columnist at MarketWatch. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's my great pleasure to have with us today Shaka Hislop, ESPN commentator, former Premier League footballer who actually played for Trinidad and Tobago in their World Cup debut. We've also got Jim Andrews joining us today. He's a branding expert. He is founder and CEO of Mark Partnership Strategies. So, Shaka and Jim, thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having me, James. Yeah, so, great to be here.
0: So, Shaka, I'm going to jump in first with you, if that's okay. So, there's been so much controversy swirling around this tournament. The plight of migrant workers, LGBTQ plus rights in Qatar. It's been described as the most controversial World Cup in history. What are your thoughts on that?
1: um and there's there's a lot and i guess we also have to go back in, into the history of how qatar were awarded the world cup uh i know that gianni infantino current fifa president will be keen to point out that those rights were granted under previous administration at the time Seth blatter was was FIFA president and even then uh it was controversial and while i i believe that every single nation uh on the planet uh who who are capable of have as much right as any other to to host a World Cup it kind of um it it kind of signaled where we are and what we expect of our football administration and and how I I think they've kind of failed the game and, and failed the the bigger causes that I think football can stand for or at the very least address so while, as I say, that, that workup was granted on, under previous administration, I don't think this one has done enough in, in terms of addressing the controversy or maybe just phrasing who or framing, I should say, who FIFA are and exactly what what they stand for. And while the, the counter argument to that is Qatar are a sovereign nation, um, Muslim nation, and they are entitled to, to their own rights, their own customs, the way they, they govern. I think FIFA also have to show who they are, who they stand for. Um, it, it makes, to me, and, and for full, full disclosure, I'm an honorary president and, and founding patron of, of anti-racism educational charity, Show Racism the Red Card. Um, it makes absolutely no sense for FIFA to say that they're taking a zero tolerance policy against racism but then seem to be on, on the face of this tournament anyway, accepting of, of anti-LGBTQ re- rhetoric. Um, the, the, two go, the two go hand in hand and to, to kind of distance distance itself from from the LGBTQ uh, issue as, as, as has been playing out in, in real time during this World Cup. I, I think it's, it's not just disingenuous, um, it's contradictory to, to what they say they say they are. So, in in that regard, I think FIFA continues to let the game down, and the onus being continue to to put on the players. We saw England's players take the knee before the Iran game. We saw the Germany players today cover their mouths to show okay. um, or to symbolize that they'd been silenced in in today's game or before today's game uh, against Japan. So there, there's a lot of controversy around this game. I, again, some of it not of this current administration's making. Some they simply haven't done a good enough job of addressing, and in in well, I, in in a, in a speech that I, I can only describe as as bizarre, I think Gianni Infantino uh, fuel those those flames, fuel those criticisms by that. I, 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 James, I, I don't know how to best describe what what and Infantino had to say by by saying today I feel Qatari, today I feel African, today I, I feel gay. Um, and then referencing the fact that he was bullied as a kid because he had ginger hair and, and freckles. To, to somehow equate the two, I think, um, more, more than just damaging, but, but downright dangerous. So there's um, a, a lot of layers to to what we're seeing play out in, in real time during the course of this workout.
0: You know, you've been there as a player. Obviously, for for any player, it's going to be the pinnacle of their career. Yet we've seen in the build-up to this competition, you know, coaches, players have faced this barrage of questions related to, you know, a decision that none of them were involved in making. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Eric Dyer, the England player, was saying he was a teenager when this World Cup was awarded. But he's kind of out there having to publicly answer all these questions that are basically a FIFA and Qatar's making. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's tough, isn't it? It's put them all in a very, very tough spot.
1: A, a tough spot that they have absolutely no right to be in. And and while, as I mentioned, given my own history around fighting, fighting racism and the organisation that, that that I co-founded, um, the exp- I, I think it's it's also um, we also as as a fan base have to do better than just to expect players to be the ones leading those charges, leading those calls. Um, This is a football administration issue, but football administration has continually failed this game to the point now where the expectation is that the players are the ones who are going to use their platform to to speak up and and to speak out. And and while I, I applaud the players for embracing that, for taking on that challenge, that's not their role. They want to just go there and play the game and leave the politics. Um uh, no, I let, let me let me rephrase that because I, I don't think this is this is a political issue. This is a human rights issue. This is a, the, the rights of, of of all people on all four corners of this planet who want to play, who want to enjoy, who want to support this game that we love. And I don't think administratively we've done enough. And to, to, the, to, to, to that point, James, um, I, I really feel we need to start moving away from expecting the players to carry that baton. We as fans have to ask more of those in, in who, who are in charge of the administration of this game.
0: Would you agree that this World Cup is tainted? I mean, that's the, 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 you wouldn't be alone in saying that. Would you, are we going to look back on this as a point where... Um, the sport, and I suppose by the sport, I mean FIFA, where it's, it's kind of crossed the Rubicon, the, given the level of controversy that this World Cup and the level of, quite frankly, division that this World Cup has engendered. I mean, is this going to be kind of like a, a you know, a, a real point where we need to make some serious changes as we move forward? Would you agree with that?
1: Well, I, I, to, to, to that point, um, I, I seeing that it's tainted, and recognizing that this is the point that we have to move forward, I, I don't think uh, go go hand in hand. Um, on on the one hand, and let me say no, I don't think it's tainted. I I am a I, I am a football fan. I am a huge lover and believer of, of the World Cup. I, I really do look forward to it every single four years, and I'm enjoying the football this time around just as much as I'd, I'd enjoy any single World Cup. But through history and through um, how we evolve, how we how we better ourselves, through how we move these issues forward. Um, it's never a straight line. It's it's gradual. It's it's oftentimes far too slow, and then history provides these moments that we have to make the most of. <laughs> Two years ago, we were talking about the pandemic and the rise of the Black Lives Matter movement and how significant uh, that was in just in in terms of 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 the civil rights, of the civil rights movement, it was the largest civil rights uprising we'd seen for some fifty years. So we'd kind of taken this, kind of level, a little bit too slow approach for the last fifty years, and then we had, and then we had everything that twenty twenty had to offer. In footballing terms, this may prove exactly that moment, that while we've recognised um, the impact that the game can have, the change that the game can have. This is a moment that we should make the most of in recognizing again, um, recognizing that football represents all, recognizing the um, symbiotic nature Mm -hmm. of of anti-discrimination, regardless of what that thread is, whether we're talking about um, anti-racial discrimination, um, anti-religious discrimination, Anti-discrimination uh, on the sexes, or how 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 we love—all those things are very closely tied, and this may be the moment that we, as a footballing-loving public, as as a majority who believes in equality, comes to recognise how closely they are linked, and how we cannot call for an end to racism without, at the same time working every bit as diligently around the end to LGBTQ discrimination and end to sexism and end to Islamophobia.
0: Great. Thank you for that, Shaka. I appreciate it. I'm just going to take this one second to remind our listeners and viewers to submit their questions through our Q&A section. Um, and Jim, I'm going to you know, move on from a little bit of what Shaka just said there. You know, we've talked about, Shaka talked a lot about the players He talked a lot about the fans. Um, I know that you and I have had some conversations recently about the the sponsors. Um, You know, this is, you know, the World Cup, the Olympics, like sporting events don't get any bigger. And yet there are all these issues around this current World Cup. And, you know, we've seen how it's played out recently for, you know, Budweiser with the beer ban. And even before that, as these issues of, you know, human rights that Shaka explained... In the build-up to the tournament, you know, which was awarded in 2010, these sponsor companies have also had to face questions about their involvement in it. Kind of, how do you think that that's played out?
2: Well, it's a great question, James. And and first, let me say that as you can't tell now, but I was a kid with red hair and freckles and was bullied <laughs> for it. Um, but I've also was bullied as a gay teen and young man, and the comparison as Shaka said, is, is uh, irresponsible, let's, let, let's put it this way. Um, but, but you're right. And, and, and just as, as Shaka mentioned about the players and the fans, the sponsors are kind of caught between their their love for the game, their their desire to support the game, support the fans. But in order to do that, they have to be aligned right now with FIFA, and with the organizing committee in in Qatar, and that has put them in that kind of proverbial place be- between a rock and a hard place. Uh, and and you can take various steps as a sponsor to say, you know, we're here for the football and we're here for the fans and we disagree with decisions that are taken by the organizing committees and governing bodies, but you're still aligned with them you are still giving them millions and millions of dollars so you're going to to face the backlash uh so that is the 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 big question that all of those brands are grappling with
0: so let's say you're budweiser and you've you know you've spent you know i don't know the value of the sponsorship what i've read is it's 75 million the World Cup sponsorship so they've allocated that money They've got that, this long-standing involvement with FIFA around the World Cups. But there's also a brand equity issue. There's a point at which it isn't, really, it isn't really about the sponsorship money. And if they are facing these questions for years in the run-up to the tournament, and then we get to the tournament and the organisers institute this beer ban 48 hours before the tournament begins, suddenly the issues surrounding this tournament are front and centre again. I mean, were you surprised at all that that happened on the eve of the tournament?
2: Uh, yes, I mean, I, it's it's unprecedented that some you know a major decision was taken within forty eight hours of the start of a tournament that that affected so many of the, of the fans as well as uh, a sponsor in this case. But that that almost detracts a little bit from that from that larger question because yes, in 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 terms of of AB InBev. They have that very kind of tactical issue that they now need to, uh, to deal with um, and, and plans that they had put in place that have been completely disrupted. But they face the same question that, that, that Visa and Coca-Cola and all of the other sponsors face, too, is that, again, as you talked in terms of brand equity, you know, these are companies that are out there constantly talking about commitments to diversity equity and inclusion and and all of the the, the things that that Chaka mentioned before and and how can they then say but we are also aligning with uh, with with an organization like FIFA so so yes those are, are again the, the questions that, that that they are facing and uh, you know there, there are only so many steps that they can take to to really kind of Either avoid the discussion or, or or kind of try and change the conversation uh, to to other issues. It's going to keep coming back uh, when you're when you're holding uh, uh, tournaments in in places like Qatar. Unfortunately,
0: do you think that the level of controversy and the level of spotlight um, attached to this tournament? Because obviously, like the last World Cup was in Russia, you know, and the you know we we all know that there were you know there are question marks about that. Um, and concerns about that, valid concerns. And now here we are in Qatar and everything is ramped, seems to be, you know, obviously, ramped up even further in terms of the, the level of controversy and the, the level of backlash. What impact do you think that's going to have long-term on FIFA sponsors, partners, and you know, in the world of sport generally with regards to future major events like World Cup and the Olympics?
2: Well, and I, I mentioned this to you earlier, James, you know, when I talk to, to some of the folks who work for uh, those brands, they have definitely made their feelings known to FIFA as well as to the IOC uh, and, and other international bodies uh, to say, we can't, you can't keep doing this to us uh, and, and, and putting these events in places where we're going to face this kind of situation. Um, so they're having those conversations, the difficulty for them. And I think this is an important point is there's, there's such a spotlight that is, that is shown on these brands because of their association. But at the same time, as you mentioned, if it's $75 million, you that you could probably find that in, in the cushions in, in, in the FIFA house in Zurich. Right. So it's, they don't have the leverage. I think that a lot of us tend to think that they do, um, you know, Quite frankly, probably uh, the broadcasters who are paying much more than the sponsors probably have a larger uh, leverage in that sense. But but again, they are um, the the power uh, and the influence that organizations like FIFA and the IOC have is is enormous. And and the sponsors can only do so much. They can uh, definitely you know plant those seeds and say you know don't do this, but it will up. Ultimately, be up to the people who are running those organizations to make those decisions.
0: I mean, there's been so much negative attention focused on this tournament that you know, one thing that's occurred to me: like, are there any positives in there? I'll ask, I'll put that question to both of you, if I may. So, Shaka, I mean, have you are you taking any positives away from this so far?
1: Well, I, I think the positives will will know post the tournament, um, and I say that not not to just kind of. Um, be dismissive of, of of those issues and, and and certainly kind of recognizing fifa's own history in terms of these tournaments where they come in make these demands on 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 the host in terms of uh stadiums and and and, and facilities and then just as, as the tournament ends they kind of pack up shop and and move on to to what's next but if if the lasting effect of of this tournament is An improvement on on workers rights within within qatar and and within within a a lot of the middle east then absolutely there there's a lot of positives that that can be taken from this to jim's point if the um if post this tournament you see some of those major sponsors such as budweiser Mm -hmm. or mcdonald's or hyundai um investing in in grassroots sports investing in women's sports and and Um, LGBTQ opportunities within this sport that that has has largely shunned the LGBTQ community. Um, If you have players who who are gay feel confident enough to to come out and and be open about it, then there's a lot of positives that that can come from this tournament. But I, I, I say that, again, just kind of recognizing FIFA's own role in previous tournaments. As soon as it's over, they pack up shop, and set their sights on what's to come in in four years time There there's very rarely any any kind of um going back and uh, to just to, to see how those programs develop mm-hmm. so but i i am ever the optimist i am the um my glass is eternally half full um and, and maybe that may prove my own uh my own undoing
0: <laughs> jim are you do you see any positives coming out of this
2: yeah I I think the the positives are the the game itself, the beautiful game, and and, and the excitement that has been generated. We, you know, I, I'm talking to to friends and family who, you know, being Americans, are not necessarily huge fans of the sport, and they're texting me, "Can you believe Argentina lost?" I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and that's that's kind of what the fame of this is is that we are talking so much about um, the the other issues, and and not that we shouldn't be talking about human rights issues, but 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 the fact that, that we have have to uh, kind of set that aside, and, and I think James, as you quoted me uh, last week, you know, kind of hold our noses about what's going on behind the scenes, mm-hmm. so that we can then just kind of w- try to enjoy uh, the matches themselves.
0: So I think you know the, it's a, you make a very good point there. I mean, one of the things that has occurred to me is that you know that this World Cup was actually awarded in I think it was December two thousand and ten, mm-hmm. at the same time that the Russia World Cup was awarded, and. There was a lot of the talk at the time that this was awarded to Qatar was wasn't focused on human rights issues. It was focused on the size of the country. Which, you know, is fair. Like that's, you know, the the smallest country to ever host a World Cup. And that's that's certainly noteworthy. But we've got to this and, and organizations like Amnesty, Human Rights Watch have been raising these issues right from the outset, but it's only in the last few years and months that this drumbeat has really, really reached a crescendo. And I think that, for me, I will be watching to see how, from the outset of these processes, what attention is focused? What will the fans do? You know, will this, will the opposition, will the very, very vocal opposition come earlier rather than later? Because I feel that with this tournament, a lot of it has come, in terms of the, the public consciousness, it's come maybe in the last year or two. And we are so far down the road towards this tournament by then that it's it's different. So I think, you know, I I'm, correct me if you think I'm wrong on this, I think there's going to be more scrutiny moving forward. I think that the stakeholders in the game, whether that's fans, sponsors, or whoever, are going to remember this and they will, will keep that front and centre. Does that sound reasonable?
2: I think so. Um, you know, this has definitely shown the spotlight. And, and, and yes, there will... For, for a time, it will go away when the tournament ends because we all get you know, on to other things and the news cycle, as we all know, is uh, very, very busy. But um, I, I do think that more attention has been placed uh, on, on this particular tournament uh, than, than we saw in 2018, than we saw in, in Sochi in the, the Olympics in 2014. So we may be at uh, at, a, at a bit of a tipping point.
1: I, if I could just add to that, James, I, I mean, in in fairness to to to, to find attention, as 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 I think you phrase it, um, our focus was elsewhere for for a couple of years here. Um, mm-hmm. And and uh, coming out of the pandemic, then all of a sudden, you know, we had this focus on on uh, the, the continental tournaments, whether it was mm-hmm. uh, the Euros in terms of UEFA or, or Copa America in terms of, of CONMEBOL and the Gold Cup here here in CONCACAF, um, which all were played a year after a, a year mm-hmm. late. So we come out to the back of those tournaments with a year to go or the because they, the because this tournament had to be moved to, to to this time of the year, November, December, 18 months after after the end of those Confederate tournaments, and all all focus was was then um on those. So um I, I, I think I, I yeah, once again, just kind of given what the world has, has had to endure, um, that has also meant this kind of um late but Ultra focused um, uh, on,
0: on 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 Qatar. Thank you. No, that's a very very good point. I'm just going to return to something just quickly. Um, Jim mentioned broadcasters earlier. Obviously, Fox Sports, which is owned by Fox Corp, the sister company of Dow Jones's parent company News Corp, holds the broadcast rights to the Qatar World Cup. So, I just want to want to get that out there um, while we're uh, while we while we mentioned the the broadcasting aspect of things. Um, one thing I would ask you both is that there's so much focus on human rights, and this is actually coming from one of our one of our readers, um, Kumu, where he asked, "What about the controversy about how Qatar got the tournament? Um, that was not without it. You know, the, 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 you know, there's been a lot of backwards and forwards on that issue. I mean, it's <laughs> the part of me feels that this has been there's been a cloud over this for a very, very, very long time in so many ways. I mean, do you think that that sounds reasonable?
1: Uh, I, absolutely yes. I, I think that there are a lot of questions to be asked about about Qatar, how they were awarded this World Cup. A lot of questions that that will be asked in in, in various courts of law um, the, the world over. I, I say that fully recognising. And for, for for those of you who don't know, I'm originally from Trinidad and Tobago, and as as is former FIFA vice president Austin Jack Warner, who just last week lost his case in in the Privy Council. For extradition from from Tran-tobigo to to go to New York to 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 answer to to some of those some of those charges, not just around Qatar, not just around Russia, but even going back to to the South Africa World Cup. So um, so yes, there there are, there are lots of questions, but but again, in in somewhat of a defence to, to to Qatar, they aren't the only ones who who quite clearly um, fringe legality. Let let's phrase it and. So our, our lawyers are, are too too nervous about what I'm about to say next. Who 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 told legality in terms of in terms of securing the rights to, to horses World Cup. Um, but but to your point, I uh, James, I, I I I see no I see no reason that for a country not to be awarded a World Cup because of its size. I see no reason for a country not to be awarded a World Cup because of its geographic location or as as, as some have floated their um, footballing history. Um, I, I do believe that FIFA have an obligation to, to um, announce who they are. And as I mentioned, what they stand for in a judging who hosts a World Cup. And that for me is where the bigger questions come. Well, as I mentioned, some, there, there will be questions answered uh, in terms of the awarding, I think for the bigger picture and certainly moving forward FIFA have to do a better job of announcing who they are and what exactly they stand for.
0: We've got a good question here from Mark, and I know that Shaq had touched on this earlier. Um, Well, actually, you both mentioned it with regards to um, Infantino's comments. I mean, is it time for a new leader of FIFA? Jim, do you want to take that? (laughs)
2: Um, That's 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 definitely a delicate question. Um, You know, certainly, I, I think uh the performance uh of Johnny Infantino this past weekend uh has opened up that question i think prior to this weekend it was you know pretty clear that he was going to run unopposed uh next year to to be reelected and i, and I think that definitely uh we'll see some candidates uh emerge um and uh yeah again i it, it's, it's, to me, it's less about who the individual president is, uh, but more about you know how the organization, and obviously the leadership plays the key role there, uh, faces these challenges and, and faces the reality of the situation uh, that, that, that we're in, and, and, and stops trying to rely on the fact that as sports fans, we have short attention spans on these things, and we, we want to be uh, concentrating on the matches and not on the politics. Um, but I think that that, uh, that that is no longer going to be something that they can just assume.
0: And another good question in from Mark as well. I mean, has money taken over the glory of the game?
1: Um, I, I I don't think so. Um, I, I say that from the position as as, as once being a professional footballer my, myself. Um, there's money in the game, uh, you know, uh, but Wiser don't. Budweiser, not well, not that we keep picking on Budweiser, but Budweiser don't invest more in, in in world football than they get out in in some kind of a return. So the money's there. Um how how it's how it's used um be, becomes a question. And as 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 players, as the assets in the game, I will always advocate for for players yeah. getting their their fair share of the pie. Um I, I So to answer my last question, I don't think money has taken over the glory. I think, certainly from a playing perspective, the glory, uh, the value to to winning a World Cup, regardless of of the financial rewards, remains. Remains as strong, remains as prominent within those players. Um, We have allowed money to um, direct or dictate what this game stands for. And I think that's where... That's where um, we either have gone wrong or we certainly need to, to readdress.
0: And there's another question came in as well. I'm just going to shift tack slightly now in our last minute or two because I think we're getting some questions about the football as well. Um, a lot of attention focused on Portuguese superstar Ronaldo this week. Um, you know, he's got, obviously he's going to be gracing the World Cup. A lot of attention focused on his departure from Manchester United. We have a question from Mark. Should Ronaldo play in MLS?
2: <laughs>
0: there's a question.
2: I'll, I'm going to let the player.
0: You're uh... <laughs> 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 free to weigh in, Jim. I mean, it's like, sure. can...
2: I, I'll just say, personally, as an MLS fan and and, and who works somewhat with some of the, the clubs in MLS, I'd love to see it, but um, that, that's besides the point. Uh,
1: let, let, let uh, there's, a, there's a few options here for Ronaldo. I think financially, he could go to the Middle East. At make more than uh, than he probably ever has at any one spot uh, in his career, in terms of in terms of an adulation that Cristiano Ronaldo seems to seems to to, to want and and thrive on, um, in terms of driving a brand forward, um, MLS is is easily the best fit. Um, I, I think it'll be it'll do wonders for the league as well, but i um, I'm nothing if not a, a, a a footballing romantic, and I wouldn't mind seeing him go back to Sporting Lisbon, the club where he started, uh, just to just to close that just to close that circle. I I, I think it it might be um of the three options the, the least likely, but again I'm I'm a little bit of a romantic in that regard.
0: And here's a, a final question from me, and um, this is to both of you. Who do you think is going to win the World Cup?
2: <laughs>
0: GM go first. Go on. Go up to you first.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm gonna just going uh, stick my neck out and say Brazil.
1: <laughs> it uh, did not stick it out. It <laughs> did stick it out very far <laughs> yet, <Jim>. <laughs> 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 This year, yeah. this year that, who knows? Uh, <laughs> l- l- let me just say, right, full disclosure, before a ball was kicked, I had Argentina as my pick to, to to win the World Cup. And now I'm having to to uh to reassess. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick my neck out just as far as Jim did. And I'd also say Brazil. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I,
0: yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to be my, yeah, I think that's, that's probably going to be my call as well, but that was, <laughs> mm-hmm. no, that's great. But listen, thank you both so much for joining us today. Um, it's been, been absolutely brilliant having this conversation. I wish we could, I wish we could keep going all afternoon. So, um so, To our readers, our listeners, that's all we have time for today. Thanks for tuning in. And thank you, Shaka and Jim, for joining me. Tomorrow and Friday will be the third Thanksgiving holidays for Balance Live. Thank you so much for your support for the past three years. We'll be back on Monday. Please join us again. Market Watchers Economics Editor Greg Robb will interview St. Louis Federal Reserve Bank President James Bullard about the outlook for the economy and monetary policy. So take care, everyone. Our producer, Crystal Yee, and I wish you a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you so much. The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com.